The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Kia ora koutou. welcome to a summer reissue of Dietary Requirements Podcast. Uh, we've taken a break to eat heaps of food and drink heaps of wine in the sun and do very little else, so we're republishing some of our favourite episodes from the year. This is our first of 2020, back in the heady days when Corona was just a shitty beer, and it was the first episode Sophie and I recorded with our uh, brand new children. They were in the studio. And we did a breast milk taste test comparing my wife's breast milk to Sophie's. So if that feels like something that you'd like to listen to, continue on. It's a new year. It's a new decade. It's almost February. Fuck. And the Dietary Requirements team is back, bringing you the most essential and weirdest insight on New Zealand food. But since we last spoke, there's been some big changes. Over the summer, we've added three members to the Dietary Requirements family. On December 3rd, Sophie? Yep. On December 3rd, Sophie's baby girl, Odette, was born. Another Gilmore girl. And on Boxing Day... My twin boys, Max and Freddie, arrived just over two weeks early. All three, well, Freddie's actually just been taken to the doctor. No, no, nothing to worry about, but he's just abandoned us. But Max, Odette, are jo- and Odette are joining us in the studio today. And part of our discussion is actually going to be about um, children and babies and what and what they eat and you know the way they change. What adults eat as well, and a way to fix your um your life in the kitchen, and we're also going to be talking about what we ate this summer because it's the best time of the year to eat, uh, the most fun time of the year to eat, and it's, you know when all the best things are in season as well. So we're going to combine uh, those two topics for uh, the first uh, dietary requirements podcast of 2020. In the studio today, I have Sophie Gilmore and Odette. Hi, Soph. Hi. Got. Spin-off food editor, Alice Neville. Kia ora. I'm just holding little Max here and he just, just did a big fart. It's, Cute. It's, it's, I like, you know, the, it's such a dream being a newborn, burping and farting as loud and proud as possible. Is, good, eh? You're encouraged to do it. I love it how they call it, like, instead of calling it a fart, it's like wind. 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 Or instead of a vomit, it's spill. It's and people keep saying to me, oh, Odette looks really yeah. long. It's like, is it just called length because she hasn't stood up yet? Maybe. Isn't that just height? I don't know if you can be tall lying down, though. Yeah, Mm. I think so, as a human. And we have another special guest, Ginny Grant. Ginny is a senior food writer for Cuisine Magazine. She's a recipe developer and a food stylist. In her kitchen, there was always hot sauce to be had, a lemon to hand, and a gin within reach. She's actually got a gin with her right now. My kind of gal. In her past life, Jenny was a chef, working for the likes of the River Cafe in London, Nico Cafe and Bullcott Street, Bristow in Wellington, and Delicious in Auckland. Mm. Wow, you've really actually worked in some of my favourite restaurants in the entire world. That's cool. Mm, but not for a long time. I haven't been in a kitchen, well, commercial kitchen, professional kitchen. Probably about 20 years now. Yeah. Once oh, you're out, you're out, eh? 
too hot. You know, oh, yeah. Your days of slaving over a hot stove are done. <laughs> Do you think you could raise children and work in a kitchen? Yeah, of course you can. Sounds intense, though, just because of the weird hours and yeah, the I long think, hours. I think that they just become, well, they become like you, don't they, Soph? Yeah, you just get <laughs> on with it. I know, yeah. they're hospital brats. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I remember, like, I was saying to someone the other day, I don't have a very strong memory of my early childhood days, but I have a vivid memory of the underside of restaurant tables. I feel like I was just dragged into restaurants. I was playing on the floor under restaurant tables. Mm. I was drawing on restaurant tables. It's just, you know. I think that sounds awesome. I'd love to be a hospo brat. Yeah, it's fun. Odette's going to be one for sure. It changes you forever, though. Like, you you will forever be addicted to restaurants after that. True. That's Worst not a problem. Worst things to be addicted to, though. Yeah. True. And Jenny you know has I mean? two sons, aged 12 and 14. Yes. Uh, she eats everything, but they've mostly stopped eating meat or stopped eating meat altogether? Yeah, no, they've completely don't eat meat. How did that happen? Um, well. The woke folk. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they were watching an episode of Mythbusters testing the uh, terminal velocity. So that's what... Sold them. What? They watched it velocity. together. They made the decision together and they never looked back. Uh, uh, the oldest one decided to, and I think the second one just followed on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool. yeah, three years they've been vegetarian. Good on them. Wow. Mm. It was really funny watching my um, young cousin's progress towards vegetarianism. He'd be eating a sausage and be going, the poor piggy. <laughs> really upset, but still eating the sausage. Mm. Yeah. And before we go any further, we must thank our wonderful sponsors because we wouldn't be here without them. Freedom Farms makes all of the spin-offs food coverage, including dietary, excuse me, I had to burp, uh, including dietary requirements possible. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how those animals have been farmed, and they're dedicated to providing you with the best pork, free-range eggs, and they're also dedicated to the spin-offs' unique coverage of the New Zealand food scene. So show your, show your gratitude and buy their delicious products whenever you can. So, summer has gotten pretty awesome. The weather has been really, really amazing and I'm hating it because it stops my little boys uh, from sleeping. And I felt like my summer ended before it even started. And I was meant to spend two weeks cooking and relaxing and weeding the garden and getting all those jobs done that you never do otherwise before they arrived. But then they came on Boxing Day. And that actually led me to eat some of the worst food I've ever had in my whole entire life. That's sad. So before we get to that, because I do want to have a rant about hospital food, um, shall we find out if anyone else has had a more positive uh, culinary experience of New Zealand summer? Yep. I think it sounds like everyone has, Simon. A more positive experience <laughs> more positive than, you. than you. yeah. I can't be. Well, I've been loving the food everyone's dropped off, and I'm so grateful for that, but... I don't think there's anything worse than hospital food, mm. which is just it frustrates me. I actually just um, don't eat it. I ate the food at birth care and I really settled in there for four days, ate everything four they gave days. me. People nice. were bringing stuff in and I was like, absolutely not. I'll be having the chicken penne. And David was laughing at me like, you would usually turn your nose up at it. I was like, I kind of feel like I'm getting into the vibe. It's a bit of an activity, like we're on a food holiday. Can't, can't you get a glass of wine at birth care too? You can. We had wine in our fridge. Beautiful. I didn't know you could aspirate yourself. The cheese toasty at birth care is um, legendary. They're actually not that good, to be oh, honest. Oh, really? No, you, I, I ordered one now? the night we got there, these famous toasties. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sort of like still in shock from having just given birth. I'm like, what is going on? It kind of felt like the serotonin had left my body, but the adrenaline was still there. Mm. So I was still kind of hungry. Ordered the toaster, massive blowout. Oh, no. Aww, disappointing. Yeah. We, you might have to write a review of that because it is, it's, it's infamous. It's, it's, it lives all over, like above men whose partners are about to have a baby. They can't wait to go to birth care and get the toaster at three in the morning. Yeah, look, it would have to be in comparison maybe to not eating things that, that make it good. I could do it in an anonymous review because yeah. otherwise I have nothing but love for birth care. Okay. Mm. Birth care for our out of Auckland listeners is a magical place where you get to go after giving birth at Auckland Hospital. Is that right? It's mm, where they shunt it out after two. Yeah, hours. You yeah it out. three hours after giving birth, birth, you have to go regardless of mm. what day it is. What? If you don't have any um, 
of what time it is, regard, um, regardless of... Oh, well, no. If you have a medical issue, if you've had surgery or caesarean, you stay in overnight or if there's any complication. But um, Odette was born at 10pm and at 1am you get the heave-ho. That's pretty shit. What? That's crazy. I didn't know that. No, I was yeah. pretty keen to get out of there. Knowing that you've got somewhere like birth care to go is... Um, Awesome. We're really lucky, I think. Yeah. Because I spent eight days in hospital because um, they were born early and it was all about teaching them to feed. They yeah. developed the sucking um, mm-hmm. reflex yeah. in the last two weeks in the womb. And it was really important, again, because they were small and premature that they'd, we weren't allowed to leave until they'd learned to feed properly and they'd also developed um, bottle feeding skills so that there was an alternative plan should things not go the way they we hoped at um, home. So eight days in hospital, eight days of hospital food. Oh, Did you loop. hit probably a few hours before I gave labour? Uh, before I gave labour, before I went. No, I was already in labour. Went down to that staff cafeteria in the hospital. That was a bit of a vibe. It was. It was okay. Maybe on day one it would be. I can yeah. understand after eight days that. No, so December thirtieth is our wedding anniversary, and we got McDonald's Uber Eats. Oh, uh, flash! But no, that 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 was actually a, a welcome relief because you. We were really lucky in that my parents and friends delivered really beautiful, nutritious food. Mm. And the coffee's good at Auckland Hospital. But not everyone has that option or luxury. Or yeah. And this is a place where you're going to try and get better. And it just makes me... I can't understand why you're being given such overcooked, uh, terrible food when your body's trying to it's put itself It's the same as rest time. It's just because, you know, the standards have, good of, have been low. Mm, and feed everyone. I, I do appreciate that it's a really fucking hard job to yeah. to three times a day roll out meals in that environment to that many people, but it just doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't feel like it's helping anyone. I there straight up get, don't eat it. Better. I think it's disgusting. Like there was some plate of what they were calling carbonara, which is ironic. <laughs> our, our listeners will know that I love nothing more than carbonara, but it was like it was watery and. It actually looked like someone had vomited on the plate and I looked at it and it was glad wrapped and I was like, that is just the most, like, it's just a strong no from me. But I eat the yogurt on the side of the piece of fruit or whatever. So easily the best thing that we ended up eating and ordering at each meal was the macaroni and cheese. Mm. And that was quite clearly from a packet. Yeah. Um. So yes, that's a little bit alarming. But otherwise, can't be more grateful to all the people who looked after us, the surgeons, the pediatricians, the midwives especially in Auckland Hospital. They um they sent us home feeling really confident and they sent us home happy and healthy. So shot. So it's yeah. two very well rounded young men you've got here, Simon. Well one yes. of them. Thank you. Gone. You've done well. Mm. I also like felt when I was there really aware of what a luxury it is to have a public health system like ours. Oh, totally. Like yeah. we were basically, I was in labour and we were basically given a room for the afternoon and you know it's going to take ages. They're like, this is your room. You just do whatever you need to in it. It's yeah. like, what? It's like cool. we didn't even, this wasn't even a shared room. It's crazy, eh? It's very, so, yeah. very cool. Yeah. But anyway, Jenny, what have you been eating this summer? Do you know what? I've been eating not much in the way of anything hot, just salads. Yeah. It's too hot. It has been so it's hot, so hot, eh? Yeah, you know what rice, sort of salads? Uh, you know anything with tomatoes and cucumber, eggplant. I love eggplant. Yeah, um, love the eggplant. Love the eggplant. Rice paper rolls. You know, I just can't. I just can't face cooking. Yeah, I've really lost completely. So you don't food. cook components of the salad, like do you? Oh, do sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been doing this. Um, I got. It's called Jamie Does Italy. Yes. So it's a Jamie Oliver's new Italian cookbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been trying to sort of cook my way through that. And this is really yum salad, which is made with apricots. And I made it twice with apricots. And I just kept feeling like I was missing something. Just you cook, you basically char grill apricots and thyme together. Mm. And then put it with mozzarella and prosciutto and mm-hmm. pink peppercorns, vinaigrette, lettuce sort Lovely. of thing. But every time I ate it, I was like, this is just gross. And then I figured out that the problem is the apricots that we have here that are picked before they're ready to be picked. They are so tart. It just almost took away from the salad rather than adding to it. So then I made it the other night with white peaches, the exact same salad, and Mm. it was bloody delicious. See, Sophie brought that salad round to my house as a gift to welcome the boys into the world, and I really liked it. I thought they were juicy. I think you were just grateful for it. Maybe I got good apricots. 
Yeah. yeah. They just were not even – and to be fair, the recipe doesn't say to add sugar to them like I would have expected toss them in honey or anything. Yeah, which right, I yeah. – well, I suppose that comes down to you kind of tasting them first and seeing how ripe they are. That's what I should have done. Yeah. Mm. But then as soon as I used peaches, it was just like, yeah. like I caramelised I mean, better. I was going to say everything caramelises – it's delicious. I went to Lillian last night. Oh, yeah. We were there last week. Jenny and I went last week. Honestly, who is not there? I spent more time on my feet saying hi to people than I did actually sitting down at the table. Uh, I saw more millennials than I've seen in a There was a lot of millennials. They were all in... I was the oldest person. They're very beautiful. It's too beautiful, like white linen, and it's still very good, but it's something about it discontinued. Just so well put together. Everyone is very... like The people or the restaurant? The people. Not a hair. What about the restaurant and the food? The restaurant looks really beautiful, and the food... Was great. Yeah, that pizza we four had. out of five things Ooh. that we had mm. were bloody delicious. Mm. Yeah. What did you get? The pizza with the nduya. Oh yeah, yeah. And we the, got the one with the zucchini and stuff. Yeah, and then we had it. the cos lettuce with the kind of quite light fresh ranch dressing and mm. like a, um nuts. Yeah. And then we had the peaches that were sitting on a like goat's cheesy whip with basil. Yeah. And that yeah, and then we had um. Oh, that's it. Yeah, we had the flounder as well. The flounder which was, was great, delicious, really good. Pizza's having a moment. The pizza's sourdough about... pizza moment. Yeah, and pasta, isn't it? Or maybe we've moved from pasta through to the pizza moment. There's a real pizza. Italian moment, I think. Another there's, one. there's lots of Italian joints mm. opening up. It's um, it's gone from being sort of old-fashioned to cool, really cool again. Yeah. Is Lillian supposed to be French? I don't think so. I'm thinking not of Lillian, but of like Romulus and Remus. Uh, yeah, that's right by my house, and I haven't been yet. Um, of the new. What's is Romulus and Remus where Jaffa used to be? Yeah, on Richmond Road. Yeah, and what sort of food is it? Italian, been. Roman. Oh right, mm. <laughs> that seems obvious now that you mention it. Uh, and then like the what's it called in Westmead? No, oh, Waterview. Um... The place that was everybody eats. Oh. Bucatini Brothers or something like that. Ah, oh, yeah. They're, they're like, I can't remember. I haven't been there yet. Barberino. Or Barberino. Something. There you that, go. Yeah. Exactly. The, I've um, been there. Sort of put your pasta. To, you know, pick your pasta. Pick your path pasta. Mm. Um, which I don't agree with, but everyone seems to love it, and that's it's what's good. important. Good party portion. I thought it was, um, yeah, good enough. It was quite reasonably priced. Like it was. Yeah, I kept thinking cheap. that's a bit cheap, and then it came out, and I was like, oh, that's Giant. why it's cheap. Yeah. See, to me, it reminds me of like a poor execution of the pasta joint on Cuba Street in Wellington. 1154. Oh, obsessed. Because Love that's that simple and effective and really minimal and makes ordering super simple, but doesn't let you fuck it up because you kind of... It's prescribed. As a kid, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's taking the expertise of the chefs, um, their understanding of Italian food and making it really easy for you to understand rather than, you know, we've, we've talked about this before a lot, uh, about the way that certain sauces are made to go with certain types of pasta. Mm. Totally. Um, and that, that's what I think grates me about Babarino. Um, <laughs> but if people love it, then that's great. Yeah. To me, it was like an awesome place to take kids. You know, mm. it was like yeah. spaghetti bolognese, like you would have made at home if you had more time that day, sort of mm. thing. It's not, it's not trying to be mega fancy. They have one beer, and you have to order at the counter, so that it's like quite a long line. <laughs> and then the food comes out in the order that people have paid, so it's not like you uh, you don't get your food at the same time because you're not effectively splitting the bill. You each have your own yeah, bill. Right. I thought the ordering at the counter thing didn't really work because it was like massive queues at all times. Yeah. But maybe that's just but, yeah. good because it's busy and that's what the people wanted. Yeah. Well, there's not much out there. Mm. Jenny and I no. also went to Clay, the new natural wine bar on oh, K Road. you hipsters. We get around. Mm. Well, if anyone wants, we always want to go to the new places. We always want to go. Run us places. through the natties. The bar. Did you drink um, many of them? Yeah, we drank quite a lot of Pet Nat. Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah. Very Probably nice. Uh, the Milton. Uh, Pet Nat's my favourite natural wine. Which Pet Nat were we drinking? Oh, I can't God. remember. Something yum. Didn't Milton? No, no, what? the Milton. I had what, you glass had a of that. Milton something. Labiano. Yeah. Yeah. We it's had a corn pizza that was yum. How do you feel, Jenny, about natural wine? I like natural wine. Yeah. But is um, are you a devotee? Would you drink exclusively natural no, wine, or you like a bit of everything? I drink a bit of everything. Yeah. 
yeah, mix it up. Things. I think that's the key that. is just to love it all if it's oh. good. Same, but I'm just I'm asking because this wine bar has only natural wine. Yeah. Mm. So you've got to be. What I would say is that I don't think that they have enough staff there to tell you actually about what you're drinking. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, they guys. kind of presume that everyone. They assume that you know quite a bit. Oh. So I'm just feeding Max, and he's um gone a bit too hard too soon. <laughs> he's choking like on his bottle. Like his dad sounds like his dad with the beers. Yeah, yeah. peak too soon, Max. Yeah, that'll be an Auckland staffing problem, won't it? Mm. Oh well, I just think you know if you're um I mean because they've got you know um an on license as well, so you know you can buy a bottle of wine to take away. But it'd be great to have some either some notes or someone mm. to be able to tell you. And I mean, admittedly, the night that we were there, it was incredibly busy. Heaving, yeah, heaving. And if I'm honest, it's not that hard to teach your staff about what no. you're offering. Yeah, I went to a restaurant in Melbourne, and we only received fifty percent of our tips until we passed a test about the food. Yeah. The oh, wine yeah. and the restaurant as a whole, like the, nice. you know, who made the curtains, who was the oh, architect. Um, and I thought that was really clever because yeah. it made me really invest in being able to talk shit about everything that a customer might want to know well, um, because I had an incentive to do it. Mm. Yeah. And Unfortunately, the though, the attitude that you've got there is a bit of a rarity. And when you say it's not that hard, taxi dining room that you were working at is one of the top restaurants in Melbourne. So... Like, it's difficult in Auckland to get sure. staff that are keen, willing, interested, and dedicated in the way that you said you were. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm making excuses. I mean, they should just bloody well learn the tasting notes, shouldn't they? Yep. Yeah, they should. And we've been very, very Auckland-focused, from Auckland Hospital to K Road um, to, Basically all to, to, <laughs> to Richmond Road. Did anyone leave the city? I went to Waiheke Island. Uh, Does that count? No, of course you did. <laughs> that's it. But the, you guys did. I did. I went down to Wellington for a little bit, and I up at Whangarei Heads. Did you eat anywhere nice in Wellington? Only at my friend Nana's. Um, Have you ever been to Shepherd? Yes. Yep. I've never been. I feel like I'm really missing something. That's oh, where yeah, I was. That's where Nancy go. Silverton uh, fed me. Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good meal. So Shepherd Elliot, uh, the chef, is a very wonderful guy, and a mm, um, sure nice. And has the right vibe about food, I think. Yeah. Hey, oh. good boy. There's a lot of wind going on here. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> no, it's the most frustrating yet satisfying thing about parenting so far. Is it th- three in the morning when it takes an hour to get a burp out? Oof, that ain't mm. fun. Yeah. But when you get it out, you're so proud. You never thought you'd high five yeah, over farts like, and burps so much. <laughs> it's like he's just won a gold medal at the Olympics. He has. <laughs> um, I went to Hawke's Bay. A lot of good food there. Yes, we had a really lovely lunch at Black Barn one day. We again did most of our cooking at home. Mm. I really think that Sabato deserves a bit of a shout out. Like I went there before Christmas and my Lord, can you drop some money? But I bought like a three litre of olive oil, a whole lot of really lovely pasta, some tins of nice tuna, things like that I took with me on my trip around New Zealand and you know, like a massive jar of olives and it will last for 20 different meals. And it was just such a nice thing to have, like a beautiful vinegar and a nice um, olive oil and yeah. just bits and pieces in it. Just... And, I, and I actually think that that is the key to good summer cooking or non-cooking is actually having a really great olive oil yeah. and a yes. really good vinegar. Yeah. Yes. You know? That form of vinegar is like oh mental, God, but you just is... can't go back, can no, you? you can't go yeah. back to anything else afterwards. Yeah. I think maybe we should all get that for each other as like birthday presents. It's sort of like it's venturing into the scented candle zone where it's like a bit weird to buy for yourself, like a hundred dollars. I think it's well, it's seventy five. It's seventy five dollars for the for the pretty massive one, and I think it's forty for the small one. But I just was like, I'm going to get a bigger one, and it will last me. It does last like it lasts forever. Seriously, like six months. I mean, you wouldn't think twice about having a couple spending that on two beers for a night. That's totally. True. That's right? true. Yeah. One of my favourite things I did last year was go and pick olives at a friend's property on Waiheke and then a couple of months later got to... Have the olive oil. Yeah, and it was so delicious. Yeah. It's so different to yeah. the mainstream stuff you buy off the shelf. I actually like really like, you know, like when you get those real Tuscan ones that are really kind of 
people that catch yeah. you right at the back of the throat. And yeah. I actually Yum. like it like that, but I know that lots of people don't. That's the only time when I would prefer olive oil with bread than butter. I hate mm. it when you get like this piddly little weak olive oil yeah, on the table like and you dip your bread in it and you're like, mm. is that? Canola oil. <laughs> like a, I'd rather have butter, thanks. And like one dunk and then the oil, oil's gone. And you're like, oh. Yeah, all yeah. oh, those silly little dishes, yeah. yeah. And people do it with the um, balsamic too, and they put like two drops two of balsamic drops in, in there. Yeah. I, don't, I wish they'd leave the balsamic out. So do I. Yeah, Actually, it's a real nice oil. It's not needed if the oil's yeah. nice. No. Yeah. I also think restaurants should provide more butter when they... Give me butter for my bread. Always more butter. Or just ask for more. Well, no, I always do. I'm not afraid to ask for more butter. No, neither. Nor am I, but I do think that we are um, an exception and that it's it's unfair making you uh, want to ask for more butter when you know that that giant piece of sourdough you've given Mm. requires a, a thick schmear. It should look like cheese, really, in my opinion. The ratio is about right when it looks like a thick slice of cheddar. Yeah. Yeah. That's and something sausage. we should investigate one day, Alice, is the um, the quarter hour cheese to cracker ratio. Mm, yes. It's about the it's best high, ratio. Right? Yeah, it's, it's the just, best it's ratio. All about it. It's kind of high. overwhelming, but I love it. No, because I like that you've got that one piece of cheese afterwards that's got no cracker. And you're just like, oh, sweet, okay. <laughs> Better than the other way around. They've obviously figured out that we'd be calling them stingy yeah. <laughs> if they didn't have enough cheese for the crackers. Mm. This is true. And that would be a cheaper way to go, wouldn't it? One thing we need to learn in New Zealand, which I learned while living in Paris, uh, <laughs> was that crackers are overrated and we should be eating our cheese on bread. We should have baguettes yeah. for cheese. Crackers but, you know, and do you know I like a, a dirty cracker. But do you know what I think also is, maybe it's just because I'm like so gluttonous, if you slice um, baguette really thin... It's so much better than a cracker, but it's not like having a big slice of bread. Mm, yeah. Like slice it as thin as a cracker yeah. and put okay. that with cheese. Delicious. And importantly, the French have butter on their bread with their cheese. Yeah. yeah. Always have butter. That is a vibe. Yeah. Always. We should do that. But do they do that? Yeah. See, we eat cheese in New Zealand like as a snack item before a meal, which is very oh. appetite ruining, I think. Look, I'll eat cheese at any time of the yeah, day. Yeah, of course we will. But is mm. it like, should we be doing that? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. I used to just bite straight into the block of cheese when I'd come home drunk at the flat. Yeah, be, no. like giant chunks out of the Edom. <laughs> yes. Mm. Edom. Uh, underrated. Edom underrated. underrated. I hated Edom. I tell you what is really hard. Edom is finding a, a really good vegetarian tasty cheese mm. for your children when you know you're going through a huge amount of it. What do you mean vegetarian? The rennet. The rennet. It's the rennet factor. What's rennet made from? Shaped cow sheep stomach. Stomach. Yeah. Mm. But you can get you can get vegetarian. Rennet and it doesn't change the. Taste. Sometimes I think some of them don't tell you they're actually vegetarian rennet. Did your kids know this? Did they figure it out, or were you no, like? No, I've I've made a mistake of telling them. Yeah, I was too honest. Say, Come I was on, mate. too honest to them. I do occasionally. Am I how how do you yeah. shape yeah, yeah. your children's palate? Because that's what something I'm really conscious of as they grow up. I want them to be, you know, experimental, adventurous, and eat everything from the start. But it doesn't no, feel like it's it, something you can actually. No, and it won't happen. And then they'll go through that really awful bland, bland stage, and that's just awful. But I just think you know, just keep trying stuff. That's always my be my big thing. And also now, when they became vegetarian, I actually said, well, that's fine, but you guys eat really limited amount of vegetables, so you actually need to... Up your veggie up game. Up your veggie game. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, my rule is that you have to try everything. You don't have to eat it. You can always go and make yourself some toast. Yeah. That's you a know? good way to yeah. go. Yeah. There's always an out. We There's were, always that an was, out. That was the philosophy in our family was, here's dinner. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Yeah. And there's always fruit in the bowl and yeah. yogurt in the fridge. Yeah. Mm. And that was like I just remember having, you know, when I was growing up, my sister who loathed Brussels sprouts, she would be there sitting at the table for hours, <laughs> hours and hours. We didn't have a dog to get rid of it too. So was she not allowed to leave until she left? No. I had broccoli standoffs <laughs> with my dad. Lots broccoli. of people had that rule where you couldn't leave the table until yeah. you finished your dinner. Oh yeah, my family it was just a free for all. I was the youngest child. No one gave a shit. I just no. I there are huge benefits. My my wife is the long, youngest child, and yeah. it's like her parents had given up yeah, um, totally by that point. Up and great. um, you know, yeah. Millie would have plain spaghetti for dinner. Just you know, delicious. Yeah. 
Nutritious as well, very nutritious. Yeah, well, as long as it has a bit of butter in it, it'll be fine. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what are Nothing. your kids, what is their favourite thing to eat that you cook them? Like what's... Uh, well, my youngest is a real carbo loader, so he would oh, say yeah. potato gratin or yeah, a vegetarian oh, lasagna. Delicious, yeah. yeah. And my other one, who is kind of like veers towards really light, kind of how, he would probably go rice paper rolls oh. or kind of taco-y kind of scenario. And what do you put in them for him? Tofu and stuff? Do they yeah, like tofu? Yeah, they like tofu. They like tofu. Um, yeah, tofu, you know, make a hoisin peanut sauce. Yeah. Veggies. Yeah. Delicious. See that sounds. What and we I do want. it, at, and I do it at the table. So that you just basically we just chop up all the veggies and yeah. get a bowl, and then everyone just. I mean, it's messy, but it's fine. You just everyone just help themselves. They're bloody lucky having you for a mum. I tell you I know. what. I but know. they've reached that point. But the day goes through the period where they're oh, like, yeah. all I will eat is. Yeah, I don't remember them being. Chicken really, nuggets. Ah. Uh, no, but I just refuse to buy chicken nuggets. I just can't go there. Actually, that's some something that really gets in my goat is children's meals are terrible. Mm. Oh. Yeah. You know, chips and nuggets or fish and mm. chips. And as, if you've got vegetarians, well, that's not going to work for them. I was talking to my sister about that, actually, who has three children aged between four and nine. How certain places will just put no effort into the kids' menu. No. It'll just be like deep fried shit. No, Apparently she went to a place called... Go Vino in Cook's Beach mm. when they were there on holiday recently. And they have an amazing kids' menu and does like proper nice yeah. food, but in kids' form. Yeah. We yes. did quite a good one at um, Bird. We did like. Can we hear we, Sophie at all? We made oh, it. Sorry, good. I'm jiggling the child. She's jiggling the child. Um, we did, you know, like a sort of roast meal, but it had carrots and peas on it rather than just giving them fried chicken or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because right now, our children, uh, it's quite, it buzzes me out that all they need to survive is uh, milk. I know. Yeah, that is crazy. Because we, we come onto this podcast to talk about food, you know, mostly in the pleasure and joy that we get from it and the fun it is to eat it and mm. cook it. And But there is a bit that we often forget about is the sustenance, the mm. fact that it is there to keep us alive. Yeah. It, I have... Um, I've been so blown away by what women's bodies, uh, <laughs> yeah, what they give humanity over and over and over again yeah. for what millions of years. What do you guys years. offer us? Nothing. I, that's what we're, a couple of male Why friends. Why do you have nipples, Simon? Yes, Simon. Well, I, I think men should be the ones who have breasts. Yeah. So the women can yeah. carry the baby, birth the child, and then they have to be given to us to then try and keep them alive because mm. it's not that much fun breastfeeding. Holy. Like, it's really, really hard to convince these guys to yeah. um, continue to keep themselves alive. To have what's good for them. Yeah. Did you see that story about how there's a move to, to tell women to stop bre- what is it? Brexting? Brexting. texting while breastfeeding? And I just thought, come on, like, you're a prisoner on your own couch with this little oh, thing yeah, attached to you. Oh, you're a milking machine. Yeah, I let, mean, there's nothing you can if do. If you can't even look at your phone, you just have to gaze adoringly at the baby. article was written by a man. <laughs> Actually, we had a risk, good response to it on the spinoff.co.nz by, I can't remember the author's name, sorry, but it was a good response basically saying exactly that. Yeah. I guess that it's a different time, so it seems like you're being less present. And do you know what? There is something about breastfeeding, like, I often, it blows my mind how the baby just stares at, yeah. at you the whole time, like, when they're not asleep, their eyes are open and they're just looking at you. And so you do have to remind yourself to, like, enjoy Look the moment. Occasionally. and be, be mm. present yeah. occasionally, but shit's still got to get done. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just schedule breastfeeding as downtime because the rest of the time you need to be on doing other stuff too. Yeah. 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 And making sure you look after yourself. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I think is the, is the hardest part. Not everyone forgets yeah. about the mother mm. and the fact that a happy baby requires happy parents as well. Yeah. yeah and... It's, it's been such a fascinating experience uh, becoming a new parent. Um, but it's also really stressful and hard and there's, you know, the the weirdest part is putting the same inputs in every day and getting different outputs. Like there's no um, there's no rationality or... That's what's cool about it, I think, is that you have no control. So, like, just don't try and control the situation because, you know, there's something nice about giving yourself permission to just go with the flow, particularly when you're normally quite sort of structured or busy or 
which I tend to be. So, you know, when she woke up in the night at first, mm. we'd just light a candle, sit up, have a yarn, feed the baby, go back to sleep instead of being like, well, it's been four hours and yeah. worrying about it. There's a lot of people that do get so stressed about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you've just got to let it all walk out. Well, just you've just got just... Calm it's, down. Yeah, it's yeah. quite an awakening that you have absolutely no control. So just <laughs> mm. don't even flatter yourself to think that you do. Yeah. <laughs> so a good chance, I guess, for me to mm. taste Sophie's breast milk. <laughs> um... Pre-expressed, I'm not going to attempt to latch. I haven't. Uh, I, I I haven't tasted it myself. Have you tasted really? Millie's? I have. It's it's delicious. I think it's. Oh, um, Simon. Well, I don't. Well, I, that's what I want to push back against. Is yeah. Why does it have to be weird? Do you know? I, I feel know I feel weird about it, but I'm not proud of that. And I I do like we do just drink cow's milk like it's. Mm. We oh, drink yeah. all sorts but of things. It feels like, like a human bodily fluid. What well, is, I guess. I think that's why I find it gross. It's like a, you're drinking someone's bodily fluid. I know it's for drinking. It's just something, yeah, I'm not proud of it, but it just horrifies me. But fascinates me. So please. I've run ahead. a couple of people's, um, I've run it past a couple of people today that Simon's activity on the podcast is um, taste testing my breast milk and comparing <laughs> it to his wife's breast milk. Well, and I, I had some pretty shocked faces. I forgot. I left Millie's breast milk sitting on the counter at oh. home out in the heat. So that's a, a waste. that's uh. a waste of like nectar. Vertical, can you horizontal make, tasting. Can you make liquid like, gold ricotta mm. or something with it? You can make cheese from breast milk, yeah. but uh, according to my Google skills, and ice cream. I think yeah, there's did. a there's an ice cream joint in London and New York that um, has breast milk flavors. What, the wow. people are actually like expressing breast milk into an ice cream machine, and it's like, it, it is human I don't know if milk. they're expressing them directly into the uh, churning <laughs> ice cream. No, but machine. what I'm asking is... <laughs> it actually could be quite nice. Is it actual cool. human breast milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, just a mixture of? I mean, yeah, I wonder no one's churning out 10 litres a day. Yeah. But you can, like, you could uh, get um, a whole bunch of breast milk from the breast bank. You know, maybe get a whole... A lot of women to contribute yeah. to your oh. to your Mr. Whipper trip. Breast milk cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So friends of Catherine Cox has made a white Russian with breast milk. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, but I'm just going to have it neat. Um, <laughs> He's doing it. Neat. Chill. But breast milk, I think, is delicious. It's a little bit sweet. It's Does very, it have that fat on the top? It's very fatty. The fat it's, rises to the top like that. School I've milk. stirred it up. Um, but it's. Do you want like a wine glass to pour it? Do in? you need oh, a chaser? No, I don't need a chaser. I oh, my God. I can't look. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> he just drank the whole thing. Because it's not... Um, <laughs> he didn't even wince. But it's... Like, I hate the texture of uh, cow's milk. I would never drink cow's milk straight. Um, oh, really? But that's I nice thought and, that maybe you were a milk drinker. No, no, no. I, I, I actually uh, judge people who drink glasses of milk. Oh, yeah. It's okay. weird. Unless um, you're a child. Uh, but that is... I would drink a glass. I'd drink that on ice. That was you, really delicious. If you if you were a sommelier, could you just give us some tasting notes? Yeah. Um. So the sweetness is the thing that always uh, strikes people who are willing to give breast milk a try. Sweeter than regular cow's milk, not as sweet as caramel milk. Much sweeter than uh, cow's milk, like nowhere near as sweet as like a vanilla primo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Vanilla it's, Primo. Texturally, it's it's a lot more watery than you'd expect. Looks really? like it, yeah. Yeah, um, but it, at the same time, it has a real fatty creaminess to it. Oh, um, is there any breast milk on the roof of your mouth now? Yeah, no. It's it's got a really <laughs> uh, what what is that in tasting notes when it's got a long finish? It's got a long oh, finish. Yeah, it's um, it's really it's got a lot of not tannins, obviously, but it's coated <laughs> in my mouth. Moccasins. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's, it's it's that would be like if you could make a uh, like a chocolate milkshake with that, it would be amazing. Okay, so compare it to Millie, your wife's breast milk. Was it very similar, or was it like does each every person have their own nuance? Is it like terroir? She's like. Millie's Sorry. like, you know, depends on what, so, what she's laid, titirangi, and. You can definitely Mine's a little get the, bit spiked with rose. The Akaroa <laughs> notes in it. The, if the I'm honest. The notes, the Canterbury. Nice. Okay, so Simon and little baby Max just had to step out to a baby-related appointment, but the ladies will continue on. So I brought in some food today because I thought you guys might want to just try the babies on solids. Is it a good time for that? Yeah, classic person who doesn't have baby chat because I actually, do you know what? 
I only found that out yesterday, Alice. I was like, when do they start solids? When do they start solids? So the answer was six months or when they first start showing an interest in you and what you're eating. Oh, yeah. So my sister's youngest child, Octavia, was uh, at about four months trying to sort of lurch herself Mm. at everyone's spoons. Classic Gilmore girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's right into it. So I think that that's when you start. But... um, I also, I'm not one of those people that's done all the reading, so yeah. I wasn't sure either. I was like, so when do I start sort of pureeing up some pumpkin and stuff? Yeah. It's like, not for a while, so she's only eight weeks old. <laughs> and is it advised to give them lolly cake and gingerbread men? Because that's what I brought along today. No. Yeah, I mean, what if, if you, you pure, what if you pureed it? Odette's currently asleep, but she does have her mouth open. <laughs> she's jamming, so. jamming she's a ready. gingerbread she's man leading. No time like the present. Yeah. I can't believe how... Um, how much of a champ Simon was with that breast milk. Wow. Yeah, we're still in shock over here. Sculled it. Yeah, he really did. Like, just without a, no qualm. No. But did, that's cool. Is he the first non-Odette person to drink your breast milk? Yes, yeah. I haven't mm. drunk it, actually. Yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about that as a family. Mm. <laughs> I mean, is that some sort of rite of passage that we should have completed before I offered it to Simon? Yeah, Probably. <laughs> did you give yours a go, Jenny, when you had I must have. I must long have. time ago. Um, yeah, it's ancient history now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I think that something Simon said that is a little bit um true that I've noticed is firstly, I will say that this breastfeeding appetite is like nothing I've ever experienced. Really? I am ravenous all, all the time. time. Really? And usually I don't have a really big appetite, I'm just a bit greedy and overeat. Mm. But at the normal times of day, yeah, this has become like meals between meals, <laughs> and so I can understand not yeah. why Simon has, Morning but tea, why afternoon tea, yeah, snack after dinner snack, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. mental. And it, as soon as you put the food in your mouth, your body goes, oh yeah, more of that, please. Right. So it's the actual quantity at each meal as well is getting yeah. quite alarming. So it's the not pla- just you. Yeah, not just feeding you. Yeah, just helping this tiny yeah. thing yeah, that probably gotta... doesn't need that much. Yeah, keep it up. But Simon said that your standards lower quite a bit, and I think that's funny because I, my kind of rule to myself is always, and it's a very privileged rule to have, but it's to not eat something unless I think it tastes really good. Yeah. So yeah. not mindlessly eat. And that's because we are so surrounded, and I am so surrounded by delicious food, that mm. just, it doesn't make sense to eat that and eat a whole lot of rubbish. Yeah. Anyway, so because there's so many meals happening, there's just absolutely no way you can plan for 17 delicious <laughs> yeah. meals a day. Make sure they're all delicious. So your standards really do drop. Like yeah. you'll see this morning when they came in, um, I got the podcast timing wrong. I <laughs> by, left, only by four hours yeah, or so. Four and a half, yeah. yeah. I left you with um, some snacks yeah. that I had brought in the middle of a Fatima's meeting. We're sitting around having a chat about operational things. And I popped next door to the Early Bird Bakery right. on Ponsonby Road, which is also neighbouring Bird on a Wire, which was the original site. So you'd think I would have been in there before, but no, first time, Paula. <laughs> I went in and bought a bacon and egg pie, some little mint savouries, a ham, tomato, <laughs> and a egg sandwich. Yum. This is at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, I can understand that your standards, your standards drop a lot. Yeah. Do you remember that, Jenny? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. In all honesty, yeah, I'm lucky. My mum probably brought round loads of meals. I suspect. I've always, know. because I'm not uh, a mother until recently. I've always kind of scrolled past all the mommy bloggers and all their yeah. tips and stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe I should have been listening. But someone said to me recently that the best tip that they ever got was to start preparing the evening meal during the day so that you have, you know, between feeding the baby and stuff, you've got yeah. stuff to do. And then it means that when it comes to totally witching hour. I, I also hour. think that um, the microwave, the freezer and leftovers are your best friends. Mm. Mm. I love, we just bought a chest freezer. I'm planning to turn myself into <laughs> Nigella any minute now. Yeah, um, that's true though. But yeah, I think that... Um, Make more than you need and then you've kind of got something for a night where you just know you can't. Yeah. And and another um, a cookbook I was given for Christmas, Camille, who um, I work with and who was our um, exec chef at Bird on Wire, did um, 
she wrote an article recently about her favourite cookbook of all time, and she's got 10,000 cookbooks. Mm. And she worked at a place in London called Books for Cooks. It's a great oh, yeah. place. Great, great For like store. seven years, and so that is a cookbook shop, but she also cooked a meal, a three-course meal every day for lunch for the people that came in for lunch, made three cakes every morning kind of thing. So she's a total domestic goddess, and she always cooks from cookbooks. Mm. Like every night her family eat sort of three courses from a cookbook, and there's always a cake three on the courses. bench. Yeah, she's a total She's also my sister's good friend, and Sophie just, if they ever go around there for dinner, she's just like, Fuck that was a they fuck they're good because her husband's yeah. a chef too right a former chef yeah. and mm. Kyle's got like a real fetish for all of the gadgets and perfecting mm-hmm. things so if he gets the big green egg he <gasps> will cook off that until he's yes. got every single yeah. piece of meat perfect Damn right yeah. yeah but she was um she wrote an article recently um for a project we were involved in uh, and she was tasked with choosing her favourite cookbook. Anyway, Ooh. what she said was, Diana Henry is her favourite cookbook author of all time. She mm. is amazing. I had never heard of her. What? Yeah. I've heard of her, but I don't know. Like, she's know. she's got some amazing nine books. books. Yeah. And Camille said she's cooked from them. They're really approachable and easy cooking. Yeah. And her latest one is fantastic. Oh, I should get That's that. the tray bake one. Yes. It's all basically you throw everything in the oven. It's brilliant. Yes. So yeah. that's what I was going to say yeah, is that yeah. I got that for Christmas. It's called From the Oven to the Table. Mm. And she's got a whole chapter on her favourite ingredient, which is chicken thighs. And I think I I thought I was done with chicken thighs for life, but mm. I am bringing them back. Yeah. Basically, she talks about the wonder of oven cooking and the basics of it being have a few trays, have a couple of different sizes, make sure that it's quite a crowded pan when you put things in the oven so that the juices, and she's tested mm. all the recipes so that the juices evaporate to the right thickness, etc. But it's about 200 degrees, 45 minutes, do whatever you like, mm. and the outcome's oh, good. good. And so when we went to meet Simon's boys the other day, for example, I got a whole lot of chicken thighs, brushed them with harissa, sliced up some lemon, put two spoonfuls of onions and a packet of cherry tomatoes in beautiful and for, put it in the oven close the door 45 minutes later absolutely delicious and you can serve it with a salad in summer yeah or do mashed potato yeah, in winter in winter yeah. or polenta or yeah. yeah so i think um diana henry's from the oven to the table is an awesome book does she do vegetarian tray bakes yeah she does do some in that book yeah yep. is it so how new is it came out just before Christmas. All right. Oh, in New Zealand at least. Yeah, yeah right. Which, yeah. Is she English? She is. Yeah. Oh. I think she might be Irish, actually. Yeah. Have you got her other books? I've got quite a few. Yeah. Not all Not all nine, but yeah, a lot. Do you cook out of cookbooks on a daily basis? No, not really. Yeah, I see. I would always wing it. Um, oh, what, the one thing I do use all the time is um, uh, eat my books. Which is oh, uh, can we ask oh, about yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, and it's so good it's because good. if I've got an ingredient and I'm going, oh, what am I going to do with this? Can't got no inspiration. Yeah, you kind of just type it in and type it in maybe something else, and all these things will come up. I got given a brilliant. subscription to oh, that. Oh, it's brilliant! It really is brilliant. Okay, yeah. I really yeah. um, I mean, the subscription was a gift about five years ago, so it's probably expired. Yeah. But no, you just enter the books that you've got into it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to index all your books well, yeah. no, you have to index but you have to um you know just say that they're on your bookshelf and, and hopefully cool. and yeah that's it and hopefully most of them have been i mean i've got a few books that haven't been indexed you can offer to do that yourself but and doesn't it have food magazines as well like it does yeah like i think all the cuisines are on there they are yeah the cuisines are there oh yeah, yeah. That's so cool. it's actually quite good and you can put blogs on and um you know whatever you know so I love the Bon Appetit team and what they do with food. And yeah. then there's that, um, basically, is yeah. their other sort of basic teaching people to cook Instagram, but it's so awesome. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I often just Google inspiration, which I'm sure a lot of people do, and then just click on, you know, recipes that I have heard of the author. But having, you know, all your books indexed, so you're like, I know this, is, this will be good. Yeah. Because, you know problem with googling stuff is you'll get a recipe that's shit totally yeah. and not knowing what the reputable 
like links yeah. are because it's all those massive food networks that mm. produce such average recipes yeah. that come up the top of Google. Yeah. I can't believe it took me so long, but I finally got a New York Times subscription. Oh, also, I, I, least, least, I got one recently. Oh, too, my, oh I've actually become addicted to doing yeah. crosswords. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Time wasting. Time Everyone wasting. says that that's the best subscription to pay for. Yeah, yeah. So, really good food writers. That's mm. great. Yeah, and they do an email, I think, a weekly, but that's very seasonal, so that's, I think... Well, I it's not our season. You yeah, so it's the opposite way. You've got to so think about it. I think, oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling inspired to get out the... What's it called? Eat My Books. Yeah, you should. Mm. Eat My Book. I'm going to do that. I'll do that with the other hand while I'm brexting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> that's breastfeeding and texting for Brext, anyone that's... Brext hard out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, another thing we were going to speak about today, which... I am blown away by the selection, is RTDs. Alice, have you been looking into this? Yeah, so I drink 99% of the time, I drink beer. I drink a lot of beer, which you may know about if you listened to us before. Loves the beers. But I have noticed that other people have begun drinking these newfangled RTDs that appear to be market themselves as like clean and natural. I know, um, my gin says it's clean. Are yeah. they all doing that, as opposed to dirty gin? A lot of them are doing that. I like a dirty gin. some of it doesn't <laughs> seem to be. Yeah. Some of it doesn't seem to be based on much. But I think the idea is to get it away from the RTDs of yore, which, you know, is what, the remember, What is quite nice is that they're not so ridiculously sweet. Yes. Yeah, nice. I then, think we're all looking for drinks that are not full of sugar, mm-mm. that are not water, and I think that... Yeah. Alcoholic that applies to alcoholic and non-alcoholic yeah. drinks. That's yeah, why, so I like, people have been drinking vodka soda for ten years, as though that's the only thing you can drink that's low calorie mm. but still gets you boozy. Yeah, and I can't stand it. It doesn't taste like anything at all whatsoever. Yeah. No, a lot of the so we I decided to get in a whole bunch for tasting, and I knew there was like pals and part-time rangers and a few others. Um, which one should I try now? Ended up getting 29 different RTDs to taste, which was quite overwhelming. 29? Yeah, from like 10 different brands, all New Zealand brands. Lots of them are vodka, lime and Yeah, water. a lot of them, as Alice, who is recording, the other Alice, will attest, just tasted like nothing. Like, And I find it quite scary because they're quite boozy, yet they literally just taste like... But Sparkling actually, water the, vod- the vodka lime. ones are the nicest ones, I yeah. suspect. Oh, yeah, that one tastes like soda with a twist. Mm. Yeah, so... But it's it's a hard one. It's the a hard story, shake. the <laughs> results of our tasting will come out, I think, late next week. Um, so I won't reveal who did well. I, I was quite surprised when we went to the cricket the other night Yeah, <laughs> how many people were sculling back. Sculling back. RTDs. Uh, the RTDs on the way yeah, to Eden Park. Yeah. Imagine if, well, I'm just thinking if they're big here, imagine mm. Australia where everyone's just trying to maximise their muscles all the time. Yeah. All the lads, lads, yeah. lads just sculling RTDs. And it's so fucking hot. Yeah. I remember in Dunedin there was um, one RTD. Oh, Smirnoff Black oh, was yeah. what all the f- rugby players drank because yeah. it was like 7 or 8%. Yeah. Um, and had, you know, wasn't yeah. as... A few years ago, they some new regulations came out where I think the ones that were like eight percent are now they can't be. There's some, I think seven percent is the highest, maybe. So why can beer be eight or nine? Um, don't know. It just can because it's beer. Because it's beer. Yeah, right. But I mean, well, I think because maybe because RTDs are slightly more RTDs. I suppose are kind of targeted at having multiple binge drinkers, younger drinkers, whereas the nine percent beers. Is for, you know, old craft beer nerds like me. Yeah, I'm sure a few binge drinkers in Dunedin don't mind a 9%. Don't, don't mind the old hoppy 9%. <laughs> no. Yeah, totally. I guess they're also expensive. Like, RTDs can be quite cheap and get you fucked up for 9%, whereas who's going to spend, like, $20 on a True, 9% yeah, so that is a bougie, a bougie session. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big session. Yeah. But, yeah, it was very eye-opening. They tend to be heavier too, don't they? Mm. Yeah. You can't sort of smash them back as easily. Hey, um, one thing that I thought we could discuss that alluded to me the other day was, don't you think that good cooking is about, I mean, obviously it's about having nice ingredients to start with. That's always mm. really helpful. Um, the skill set of the person cooking, great. That's also helpful. But I think it's actually all about the sauces and the dressings. Yep. If you think about the difference between what people cook at home yep. and what why they go to a restaurant, mm. quite often it's the sauces. Yeah. The sauce. 
it's the salt, it's the fats. Yep. Yeah. Acid yeah. heat, as one so, wise yeah. woman once said. <laughs> when I was thinking um, <laughs> recently about what cooking classes we could run at Delicious Business this year, yeah. I was like, we should just do one on sauces. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because I've been making um, zug, which yes. is just yeah. delicious. Um, is it Iranian? It's something like that. It's okay, some, somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, Yemeni? It's oh, Yemeni. Yeah. It is. Yemeni. It's, it's Yemeni. like a Yemeni salsa verde or chimichurri, right? Yeah. So you put um, yep. curry, a whole bunch of coriander, some green chilies, and some cumin in it in your mini whiz with um, olive oil. Yeah. And it is so delicious. Yeah. And you can put it on fish, on meat, use it as a salad dressing, yeah. and it makes everything taste great. Yeah. And then the other day I made tartare at home. Like, just make, mm. use your mayonnaise and then yeah. put. Yeah, some gherkins, and, gherkins capers, and capers, in. some shallots, yeah. some, you know, and it just makes your fish and chips take, taste amazing. Yeah. yeah, it makes. I just sort of thought, yeah, do a sauce class. I'd go to that. Yeah, what are your favorite sauces? And like team? a well dressed salad is yeah. so important. Yeah, and some people just don't get it right. This is true, and I, you know, it's easy to kind of over. You don't you put too much on, and then it's like, well, I've yeah. it now. Most sauces that are pre-made are disappointing. Yeah, totally. Very. You just need to get the bougie vinegar, don't you? But, yeah, you do need that. And then you need nothing else ever again in your life. Yeah. It just gives everything, you know, nothing. The acidity kind of is just edged off a little bit, Mm. which Mm. is lovely. What's everyone's favourite sauce? Um, Summer sauces. Go. Jenny, you go first, I'm thinking. I am a f- huge fan of a salsa verde yeah. myself. Oh, yeah. I also, or a salma riglio. I've got loads of coriander in the garden. Not coriander, oregano at the moment. Salma riglio. So, oh. you know, it's where you pound up garlic and either oregano or marjoram and best, best more with a mortar and pestle, mm. as most things are. Yeah. Weird, you know, because yeah. it smashes rather than cuts. Yeah. Mm. Kind of amalgamates a bit better. Bit of lemon, bit of oil. Yeah. It's just easy. Delicious I've never fish. had that. Really? Never in my life. Oh, Unless my it's been called another name. Might be called something else. Like a pounded organic sauce. Yeah. Sauce, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, that's delicious. Great with everything. I have a piece of feta over whatever. Yeah. Halloumi. Salmorillo. Salmorillo. I also got given Anna Jones um, new book for Christmas. And oh, yeah. made this really yummy. I got that, I think. A, a whole cauliflower and you... And the mortar and pestle, yeah. I think, just goes um Yeah. Olives, she's she's herbs, quite garlic. good, I think. Yeah, because I think also she good. I like the way that she kind of which I think, you know, people like us who kind of cook quite a bit know instinctively, but lots of people are really scared to take a risk on something. Yeah. Yeah. And she kind totally. of spells it out like, you know, put something put your carb and that could mm. be a lentil or whatever, or your protein, or your kind of something crunchy. Yeah. Something a bit soft, yeah. something kind of spicy. Yeah, you she know, does like, those make trips yeah, and it's like, put something, yeah. here's your base, choose something yeah. crunchy, choose something. Which I think really good cooks just tend to do anyway without thinking about it too much. Yeah. But, yeah, for for me, it's, yeah, her, I think she does a tray bake chapter actually. This is like, yeah, choose mm. something like this, something like this, something like this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, acidity is so important when you're yeah. making particularly with like roasted vegetables and things like that if you put something over them that's got mm. a bit of acidity in it mm. like if, even if it's a creamy dressing it just makes such a big difference and, yeah. and you often find that when you're cooking for people I think that those mini whizzes you can actually get them from Kmart where it's like a lawnmower you pull the string oh, yeah. oh those ones yeah, yeah. Those ones. And, and so you can literally just yeah. throw a whole lot one of my friends said to me at New Year but all these sauces you're just whizzing up, like we we don't cook like that, we don't think of it. No. And so I explained to her, literally it will emulsify, you just need to yeah. use some acid, some fat, and yeah. you know, you can use mustard or uh, you even, can even your you know, your ninja bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, same you thing. totally use that. I have a mini whiz the um I had three Nutribullet sauces going in the fridge. And it makes it easy because you don't have to get out I think if People are it's like admin. don't want to get out their big food processor, which is fair enough. Mm. But when they're little one, yeah, and whisking all day, is yeah, fuck that, painful. So I'm all in favour of the mini whiz and make yourself some delicious sauces. Yes. And maybe doing, we'll show you how. Yeah, I've been doing quite a lot of tahini. 
kind of sauces. Tahini is one of my favourite I just really like tahini and you just chuck in some olive oil and some lemon juice. And then you, you have to thin it out with ice water, don't I you? I put a bit of water Any water. In. Yeah. Any water's fine. And why do all the recipes say to use ice water? Uh, I just tap water. I couldn't be bothered ta- like testing why in case it <laughs> yeah. like split and it was just a real faff. So I was like, fine, like using all this ice water. But yeah. can you just use normal water? I just, use, normal I just water? use normal water. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't even really need to add anything to that, no, do you? exactly. Right. Yeah, I'm tahini's yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah, tahini's tahini. great. I love the way it kind of, you know, chemistry on a plate, kind of, you know, you add lemon or something into it, yeah. or a yogurt, it immediately just thickens and yeah. seizes up. Yeah. And great. then you loosen it down again. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. Yum. Yum. Well, let's get together and make a sauces cooking class guide. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll come. Cool. Well, cool. unless anyone else has anything to offer, Odette's still asleep, which is going really I well. I thought but... she was even here. She's an angel. Thank you. She yeah. is. She also speaks French. Does she? Yeah, she just oh doesn't la la. show you yet. Très intelligent. With that name, how could she not? Yeah. Exactly. Have you taken to her to Odette's and City Works Depot yet? I haven't, but the lady, um, I took her to Christchurch with me on a little overnight work trip yesterday, oh. and the um, air hostess was obviously a big ballet fan, and she went, oh, Odette, the white swan. Oh. And that was actually just the name that we liked, and then I looked it up later and realised the ballet know. connection. I don't know anything so about the ballet connection. Turns out I'm some sort of uber ballet some fan. fancy lady. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Jenny. Yeah. Oh, thanks. thanks for having me. Great having you. Thanks. We'd love to have you again. And thanks to Alice for um, recording. Tina's away in Bali at the moment. Lucky Tina. Thanks, Alice. And, um, yeah, just, just one more time, like, to give Simon Day some props for the absolute yeah, composure he demonstrated. Although he doesn't even think it's a big deal, so Let's maybe we shouldn't small. mention it. Yeah. No. Cool. See All you right. in See you next February. Kakite. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.